Welcome to a, another edition of Raven's Nest Vedic Astrology Podcast. And for all you nerds, let's see if he can identify that song. I don't know it, but maybe I'm not a nerd. <laughs> it's a specific kind of nerd, but it was stuck in my head and it's it's related to what we're talking about today. Um, we've talked about them before. But just a little spoiler alert, we will be talking about Tesla, we will be talking about radioactivity, and we will be talking about the upcoming transits. Exactly. Um, now, a lot of people are catching on to the Tesla wave, right? A lot of people are starting to quote unquote, like we always say, wake up or uh, start to smell the, the burning timber metaphorically as life keeps going forward um, but part of this reemergence from the past has to do with the cyclical nature of planets right the the energies that are not just um, like influencing us but they're also repeating these patterns um, you know, so it's not that these planets are somehow opening up uh, different dimensions as much as they are actually just presenting themselves in the same manner that they did 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And here we are still learning from them, just as we're about to see how we can go to our past to unlock an even better future. Right. And. You know, you might say, why are we talking about Uranus? Uh, why are we talking about outer planets? Well, I was looking for a good point of reference for that. And it was in uh, David Frawley's Astrology of the Seers, where he talks about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And he does say that um, they are part of what we study and he gives the um, basis of Pluto appearing like K2, uh, calling it the negative side of Mars as a psychic and willful planet, a mysterious, destructive, negative, and manipulative planet that can lead us into danger, suffering, or death. Uranus, like Rahu, is related to Saturn in sign rulership, but does not so easily correspond to it like Pluto does to K2. Rahu is something like Neptune and Uranus combined. Rahu is imaginative, hallucinogenic side of Neptune, along with the energizing, shocking power of Uranus. Uranus's influence is eccentric, erratic, disturbing, and a strongly individualizing force. It can force us into spiritual changes, but may just derange us if we are not conscious of its power. Neptune relates to the negative or secretive side of Jupiter and is a strongly sensitizing and often psychic influence. It has a subtle Venus-like effect. It is the planet of imagination, illusion, fantasy, and charm. So there it is for one of the great uh, Jyotish um, and Ayurvedic masters of our time. Uh, David Frawley giving us a little bit of insight on these outer planets and how they do uh, influence us and even more importantly um, 
another astrologer mentioned how when these planets are discovered, they begin to influence the culture. And I was reading a little bit about the discovery of Uranus. And it was a really cool story. Um, you know, it's, it's very uh, scientific in its expression, but also very um, occultish. Because the person who discovered Uranus discovered Uranus on March 13th, 1781. So we're coming up to a birthday of Uranus's discovery in a few days. So that's why I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. Um, Sir William Herschel observed Uranus from his homemade telescope. He engaged in a series of observations of the fixed stars. And he recorded in his journal in the quatrile near Tori, a nebulous star or a comet. It then changed its place. So he was using the nakshatras. He was using the system that we use in Vedic astrology. He was using the fixed stars to observe the sky. And as a scientist, he was able to use the fixed stars to give a placement for this new object that we now call Uranus. How cool is that? Super interesting. So let's, let's talk about what transits are coming up and why are we talking so much about Uranus? Well, because there's going to be some planets you know, coming into the same house of where Uranus is transiting right now. So what's up with the planet solar mysticism? <laughs> the, uh, well, one might assume from uh, what we're learning about the planets is that they do represent um, certain resources, right? Um, and with the planets at their current transit, as of March 8th, we're seeing, uh, you know, there's, it's not really the best thing to see Pluto, Mars, Venus, Saturn together, right? Um, you, could, you could put that as a sign of uh, friction or some uh, combustion of, of energies causing malefic effects. Um, and, and one of those effects would be uh, war and the allocation of resources, right? So back to what you're saying, Uranus also represents radio radioactive um science right uh uranus yeah well uranus uh was discovered and then eight years later there was an element discovered um which is uranium it was named after the planet um and so you were talking about natural resources so this uranium uh actually is kind of coming into play again now because most people don't even know that we use this but it's an abundant natural resource and just to give you an idea of uh where it's been mined uh the number one country australia number two kazakhstan and number three canada and then some african countries namibia niger South Africa, Russia, 
uh, it's the heaviest naturally occurring element on Earth. And it's used for electricity and nuclear power. The military uses it to make spacecrafts, ammunition. It's used as an energy resource and the lighting uh, when you have like stage lighting, the filaments that create the lights are made from uranium. But it's also used in wood, dyes, stains, and photochemicals. But it is extremely toxic to the reproductive system. So that's just a little bit about uranium. So why are we talking about it? Well, because you're talking about natural resources. You're talking about... Uh, the planets where they're going to be uh you know there's these always have been historical battles and wars over natural resources whether it is a uh you know a physical war or it's a like a you know like the cold war it's either way it's a battle for resources between the governments of these countries, right? So that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And we're not going to get into any of that because we're not here to give our opinions. We're just here to talk about the stars and talk about why these events could be occurring and what it could be over. Right. Um, so we're going to le lead all this into GOCHAR, which is the current transits. It's another word for saying transit. Um, in the geotish system um right now it is march 8th like uh, i was saying and we're we're going to be moving from a, a new moon that occurred on march 2nd into a full moon on march 18th now that new moon was in the nakshatra of satyabishak um, and i found it interesting this happened in my day-to-day uh, -day life there was a few places that had power outages and that's definitely in relation to something like sun being a malefic planet a mild malefic going over the uh, rahu ruled nakshatra of satyabishak um, so i've seen a lot of people having computer issues i'm not like a i'm not an it guy so don't uh, ask me for help but the the uh several several people across the town i live in had this issue so i, I found that interesting um, but we'll be moving into this this March 18th full moon, which will actually be occurring on that uh, the sun in Pisces and moon in Virgo axis. Um, and that's happening with sun going into Pisces March 14th, and it'll be there until April 13th. Um, and April 13th is going to be an interesting time frame, or just April in general, because we've got, man, we have... Jupiter entering Pisces on the same day, April 13th, and we have Neptune entering Pisces four days later. That's a big party in Pisces. That's yeah. And it's going to be in what nakshatra? And that's going to all kind of be entering, you know, it's Pisces, the beginning of Pisces will be the Purvabhadrapada nakshatra. Um, so, and, and to tell you a little bit about that, uh, like, like if we're if we're trying to point out the culprits for causing like some chaos, I'm thinking about Purvabhadrapada. Uh, you know, if we're talking about the world at large, um, but also a very spiritual. You know, if I'm looking at an individual's life, some of the most, you know, just 
prolific and interesting insights of uh, what's possible within the within the consciousness of human beings takes place with Purvabhadrapada. Uh, you know, they they say I, this is through a teacher of mine that said signs the the house is one through eleven. You know, there's twelve houses, right? Twelve signs. Uh, he said houses one through eleven is the unfolding of karmas, right? Um, and this is I've talked about this before. We have progression of planets. You know, they they always follow suit going into the next sign. Um, but then he said the twelfth house is the house that we come from, right? So you have all this buildup from houses one through eleven. And then you reach the 12th house, which is considered one of the most spiritual houses, that one of the most spiritual signs is Pisces. And yes, it has to do with it being the last sign. Now, what makes that sign so spiritual? Well, if you're looking at where we, this is one example, where we come from, when you're born into this world, you come from the 12th house. Meaning you, you're coming from another unseen place. When your, your soul enters the body of a baby, within the womb, you now, you go into a birth, right? You're coming in from whatever you want to say, a past life or uh, just something unseen, right? Yeah, the house of the unknown. And if you look at uh, the 11th house, the 11th house is the wishes, right? And the 12th house is the fulfillment of that wish or desire through some kind of... Um, you could even say like a spiritual event. And I would say birth is a spiritual event. It's death and birth, both the same thing. They're just uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and so this, this buildup into the, the house of Pisces sort of, it reveals a lot of different things in our lives, like foreign energy you know they say foreign countries is the 12th house anything that's like different to you you know a, a different language uh, a different culture is that that 12th house um now one of the interesting things also about that 12th house or the sign of pisces it's otherworldly you know we're, we're talking about um uh psychic premonition the unseen forces but we're also talking about the past like i was saying you come from that 12th house right and you you're born into this world when you or when you're even passing it has to do with that 12th house and i bring this up because of what you were saying pretty soon we're going to start to see that that energy of Uranus and Rahu start to to really, uh, I would say, rebirth things that we think are new, but are actually from a long time ago. Right. So like the cyclical nature of existence, how, you know, things were before us. Like if you don't know about history, you wouldn't know who Tesla was. You wouldn't know that somebody already invented radioactive uh, form of energy and you know why is uranus so important well uranus is about to be um you know have its 200th birthday right of discovery 
And it's also uh, when Uranus was discovered, the sun was in Purva Bhadrapada with Mercury in Revati. In that's actually where sun's at right now. <laughs> so weird. That's so weird. And if you want to think a little bit more about astrology, um, you know, I used an 8 p.m. birth time because I'm assuming that this person was observing the sky at night. Probably, you know, he's a proper Englishman. He's not going to be out there like super late. Maybe he is, but I'm using an 8 p.m. time. Uh, of observation because that's when the skies start to look really good so you know we're revisiting some things that have already happened but now we have uh, more technology and I hope more knowledge to understand how to use these resources how to um, learn from history how to see uh, you know why people like Tesla are going to keep coming up. Well, um, Tesla was definitely, he's very popular now, but I think he was kind of controversial um, in his time. We've talked about him in other podcasts, uh, so I'm not going to go into too much. But it seems like his inspiration was through his Jupiter and Rahu being in the 12th house in his natal chart. He has this understanding of the connection to the other world. He gets it. He knows what it is. And he called it, um, he created devices to harness cosmic energy. And he said, uh, the new power for the driving of the world's machinery will be derived from the energy which operates the universe, the cosmic energy whose central source for the earth is the sun and which is everywhere present in unlimited quantities. What does that mean? That means that we already have access to free energy. Free energy. Yep. But it's not been revealed to us. It's just been kept from us because of the way that the world is being structured, right? the way the world went as a, um, let's say, for-profit business instead of a, a non-profit, instead of existing with free energy for everyone and, you know, trade and resources, it became a for-profit. So it's very interesting to observe this Uranus transit coming back to a full circle sun in the same place of when it was discovered and even more odd the nodes were on the same place they are about to be now aries and libra barney and swati yeah very good uh great observation right and that those nodes you mentioned the North Node and South Node, we mm -hmm. call them Rahu and Ketu. Um, they make that switch into Aries and Libra in about a week from now, a week and a day, March 16th, right? And uh, if I remember correctly, I don't have his chart pulled up right now, but Tesla did have a lot of that, that Libra energy. Right? Oh yeah, I'm looking at his chart right now. So he has, let's see. 
He's got a lot more Virgo energy than Libra. He's got um, he's got Chitra. He's got Mars and uh, K two with the Moon and Chitra in the original sixth house. So he's an Aries ascendant, and he's got Pluto in the ascendant. Dang. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. That's going with the birth time that I have. Um, but it would make sense that somebody like this with a Jupiter in the 12th house with Rahu would be the person that was working with the cosmos and energy and bridging the gap from scientist to spiritual. Uh, I would say he's a spiritual master. I mean, I would give anything to see what he talked about or thought or like just to sit down with him that would be somebody that would be amazing to pick his brain yeah for sure um that's you know part of this is very interesting because we call someone a genius only because i think we it's somehow perplexing to most people that something becomes um a norm out of nothingness or out of a spontaneous reaction like what am i saying um you know before the iphone or before phones in general if you were walking around talking about how yeah in two years from now you, you're gonna have a flip phone in your hand people would kind of be like haha it's cool it's funny but then like it actually happens and then it's normalized and then you go back and think that guy was a genius and that's all we can say. It's just a word, right? But the point is, when when invention takes place, it does come from a spiritual dimension. And we can call that the left brain or the right brain, the imagination, which is also the 12th house. Um, but this will all kind of continue to to flourish in, in this, this new world that we seem to be continuously... Um, learning from right now in april right we're seeing uh, a bit of a that that completion of energy we're seeing that the piscean sun do its cyclical motion forward into aries um and if you know much about theosophy or just uh cultures you'll notice that a lot of religious festivals take place with sun and aries this is a it's a it's a spiritual thing right and it it's sun in a happy place um and it's considered like a rebirth now what we should also point towards and as we do uh is that jupiter will still be in pisces and it will be with neptune now when we go through this rebirth, you know, when we, 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 we seem to, to find inspiration in, in a, a new idea or a new invention or just an overall state of being that we, we seek to aspire towards, um, I have to ask the question, do you completely throw your past in, in the trash can? Do you, do you just simply like forget it like it never was there or that it was never a part of reality or, or do you integrate that um it's that it's that unfoldment of karmas that got us to where we're at now 
you know um and so it's it's sort of this this interplay right of our past into our present and how it affects us in the future that that really is it's why we're multi-dimensional human beings you know uh it's why we seem to be living in the past but in comparison to what could have been it may not be our past right uh it's perplexing but i think there's reasons to believe we have the te technological powers right we have the uh, innovative uh, abilities to 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 get us out of the karmic rut right yeah i think uh you know it's important to never forget the past but don't hold on to it that's what i would say is is kind of what i've found to be helpful in uh utilization of knowledge you learn these things and maybe you don't vibe with them anymore but you still learn them and you know that they exist you don't completely throw them out they're just there it's like i like to think of my mind like a library and like each uh compartment has things that I use and some things are towards the front of the library and some things are towards the back and they're a little bit dusty but they're still there like they're still in the database but they're not going to be used because maybe they've already been integrated and there's going to be some things that haven't been integrated yet but they're the the goal is to integrate them to use them to understand them but not to forget any of it because it's like because it's all a part of you it's you all know? yeah it's um, all a part of you like even if you like have like really long hair and decide to cut it all off like you're still the same person you just cut your hair you're just doing something different it doesn't mean like all of a sudden all your values changed i mean it could be but well uh, part of the, the piscean energy is letting go right and that's this that's what makes this house the original 12th house uh, a moksha house right because it's that it's the transition point is what it is um and and to our our you know mundane lives it, it's hard for us to let go of certain things when we know we're still going to be here tomorrow right or at but, least we think so like we 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 operate in the way that we're going to live to be 80 years old at least. And, you know, our whole work week is planned out. And like in a month from now, we're going to go to this uh, retreat for three days. And that's going to be something to look forward to. That's how most people operate. Right. They, and, they think about the future, but they also know that it might not be there. And, and that's why. You know, it's not the black, it's not the white, it's actually the interface that we're, we're really looking to, to, uh, to understand. That's Mercury, right? And yes, Mercury's going to be a part of this in April. You're seeing Rahu, Uranus, Mercury, and Sun together in Aries. You know, Mercury has intellectual messages for us, you know, that, that little diamond in the rough that that helps to influence us whether it's in making a, a serious decision or just in the process of being a human being <laughs> you know uh 
to, to remember to, to have that balance, right? It's going to be opposite the sign of the Libra in K2. Libra is all about the balancing scales. Um, That's and, interesting that you said Mercury is going to be with what? With Rahu and what else? Uranus and Sun. Okay. So when I think about that as a person that studies Ayurveda and also looks at the planets in regards to health, I would say people need to keep their nervous systems very balanced. And you're talking about the opposite sign Libra. It's about balance. So when you have all of those, uh, you know, grahas that can be very nervous grahas, very subtle energy grahas, take care of your nervous system because the energy is going to be very, very potent at that time. That's what I would say. I mean, one thing you may notice, um, a, a fair assessment would to be say that the, the market, the economy will begin to do that, the balancing factor, which is, you know, up and down, up and down. What goes up must come down. Um, I'm not saying a crash. I really don't see that. It's not the same scenario as we've seen from the past decades. But it's possible. Um, I also could foresee someone like Elon Musk coming out of nowhere with these gas prices, and he just comes up with some new solution that, you know, maybe he's going to make a couple billion off some new idea. He's been waiting for this, perhaps. You know, that type of stuff may happen. Um, because when I see that Sun, Mercury, Uranus, Rahu, and Aries, I'm thinking someone out there has got the inventive ideas to push humanity past this like i said earlier karmic rut yeah he's been a little bit quiet on the uh i'd say invention front because he was like churning out all this product for a while and then it kind of you know he disappeared and moved and kind of changed his life up a bit so i'd be curious to see if he does come up with something or maybe he's gonna come out with a you know they were supposed to come out with more affordable teslas right so maybe they'll come out with an affordable Tesla or maybe Starlink will take off more. That's something I'm very curious to see because Starlink is something that uh, can be uh, utilizing that futuristic energy for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's going to be overall, there's a lot of positive things with Jupiter and Neptune being together. That's kind of a, uh, it's a very you know, it's cliche to say it, but it's a spiritual transit. Um, you can find a lot of people getting interested in, uh, they maybe want psychic healing or uh, certain people may actually experience otherworldly dreams or uh, people may get more interested in their dreams to, to find out answers to, to, you know, any, any sort of, issue they have in their life but again to, to know what this how it's affecting you uh it would require us to do a consultation with you to show you where those transits are at happening so we can really tell you uh how it's gonna how it's gonna happen for you i think the best thing that people um probably can do for themselves um with these upcoming transits when i see planets going into you know the one seven axis People are probably going through a shift. I mean, we've seen this in our own daily lives. There's been a lot of divorces, a lot of relationships ending, a lot of people really trying to figure out who am I? They're going through this. Uh, I'd call it like a recalibration or 
they're trying to understand themselves because these past couple of years, I think, uh, you know, as the veils have been lifted and people have kind of come into this understanding of what their values are, this is why these relationships ended. Because most of the times relationships don't end because like all of a sudden you just stop loving somebody. I think the basis of it is a difference in values, a difference in ideas a difference in goals yeah on a mundane level it's like oh yeah i don't love you anymore or i think you're ugly well that's the physical manifestation of what the mind is feeling the mind is feeling i want to do something different especially with all this energy with pisces and jupiter and neptune neptune feels good with pisces i would say jupiter feels good with pisces because he's like you know Aquarius can be a little bit nervous and I'd say when it's coming down into Pisces it's kind of like I'm in my chill zone now well Pi Aquarius can be so outward focused right being a comma sign mm -hmm. that it, it can drain you to be so caught up in the wave of of what's the new trend or, or what's gonna what celebrity is talking about this you know that type of stuff it actually has a short shelf life right so like Do people said. even care about celebrities anymore? <laughs> really, I feel like this shift is going to show people caring less and less about celebrities, too. Well, and with Rahu transiting Aries, it's kind of unfortunate to say, but you're going to see some wacky people try to run for office. You're going to see all the characters. You're going to see a lot of amazing people. You know, you might see Iron Man come down from the skies to shoot for uh office or something that that's rahu right like it's unorthodox it's unusual it's also futuristic it's also uh magical but that's you know spontaneous words i'm saying <laughs> um now like you were saying something cool about well it's not cool to have a divorce unless you know it's what you want right and it's making you're going on a, a path towards you know figuring out your life or you know uh, that's an example of going through something bad to get to something better, right? Um, but I imagine that's happening with business agreements, right? Um, perhaps reasons for war. Uh, it's just that people aren't finding, like you said, those values aren't matching up, those ideas aren't matching up, which causes, uh, you know, conflict or, or just a, a break in contract, right? Um, yeah, we've got um, Saturn with Mars and Venus and Pluto, uh, and they're all in Capricorn and Capricorn, you know, it's about that work. It's about like, you know, the original 10th house. What are you going to contribute to society? And when you put Mars and Venus and Saturn together, you've got the elements of a business agreement. But with Pluto, you're pulling out everything for everyone to see. So, you know, I would say be cautious with, uh, doing any kind of business with people who you're not researching first you you know we've got all the tools you can type in your phone like the name of their company and just look at read it see if you like what their company is about and if it makes you feel good work with that company because that's the one seven access you're activating when you get into a partnership with somebody you know it takes like two seconds to do it we've got the technology uh, use it to help yourself and other people. And you might, you know, stumble onto something great by just looking at someone's bio and you meet with them and 
you say, hey, I saw in your bio that uh, you went to uh, Tanzania. That's super cool. And then maybe you get that business deal because you did a little bit of research and you read about that company. So that's what I would say, you know, the Saturn, Mars, Venus energy you can apply. Do a little bit of homework, do a little bit of research and build relationships on solid foundations now that we have this chance again, especially after like, you know, losing relationships, you want to balance that out by creating even better relationships in the future. Yeah, guys. So I, a lot of people of other astrologers are, are watching this, you know, the, the, the April energy is going to be the most, uh, impactful seems to be the common, uh, gnosis, but I, I I'm going to go ahead and say by next week, by March 14th, once sun goes into Pisces, you're going to already start to feel that energy shift, um, because it's sort of that progression follows through, you know, you start to see, um, you know, Jupiter makes that switch of signs, then Mercury and Mercury passes all of them first and goes into Aries. So watch as it unfolds as soon as next week, guys. Um, so we're just kind of here to, to paint the picture for you as we see this happening. Um, and yeah, like, you know, if you're looking to make any serious decisions or make certain, uh, take certain actions, I would, as a, as an astrologer, we say, wait, wait to see what kind of unfolds on into April. Um, and, and let the, let that decision sit with you for a while, soak it in. And then once you feel that, that final, you know, that final forest or the final sign kind of hits you and you're like, all right, I want to do this, do it. Right. Um, but definitely as these transitions take place, give, give some time for those, those heavier planets like Mars and Saturn right now are fighting with each other. You know, let that, let that pass through. Right. Um, and, and you'll, you'll find the patience was worth it. Right. And, you know, just a reminder, we're still in the call start for yoga. So that could be the pressure people are feeling to make decisions. The moon is going to break it every now and then, uh, after it goes out of Rahu, I mean, out of, um, Taurus, uh, and through the, all the way to Libra. But once it gets back into uh, Scorpio signs and back, it will go back into, uh, you know, that grouping and being feel squeezed. So just take it, like you said, take it easy, take some time, uh, know that a lot of this is karmas that we are all collectively burning through. And I think it's an exciting time to be alive because we have all of the resources of the past and a future to look forward to where we can utilize these resources with all of the creativity and all of the technology that people are starting to uh, figure out how to apply. And um, I think we're gonna see a lot of new uh, forms of government. Uh, we're gonna see a lot of new forms of influence uh, from the everyday man. It's gonna go back to the people and it's gonna go back to, you know, nature and really connecting with those resources and your local um your local uh everything from markets to businesses to even um just your own resources 
That's amazing. I think it's uh, definitely looking like a bright future. Uh, but that's it on my end. I wanted to wrap it up with something that I wrote, um, and that is just something called Galactic Force. It says, everything happening in the stars is in alignment with what is happening here on Earth in our daily lives. We are not held captive by the stars. We are a reflection of them, a mirror, a cosmic and divine mirror, which reveals doors to all the universe's fantastic and exciting treasures and truths. We are here for each other just as we are here for ourselves. There is no difference. We have only to change the quality of our thinking just as much as we change the quality of all the external events around us. God has given us nothing but guidance and inspiration with the cosmos and galaxies far, far away. The stars are here for us. We are here for them. Wonderful. Words to live by and words to soak in. Om Namah Shivayo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Raven's Nest Vedic Astrology Podcast, where we try to understand the planets 